Welcome to Dungeons and Daughters, where I, the daughter, get to play Dungeons and Dragons with my mom. Last time on Dungeons and Daughters. While waiting for the crowd to head to bed, Sid and Aralon tried to drink from the wandering vine that knocked them silly. After recovering, the party set out to find the cave where Sid had left her spacecraft. Inside the cave, they found three women with a huge sword. Aralon charmed the ladies right out of the cave, and Sid found a new toy waiting inside her ship. And now, Chapter 7, The Sword. The sun is beginning to creep through the trees and lighten the immediate entrance of the cave where you, Sid, have tucked your tether back to Earth. You pop out of the hatch of the small spacecraft, holding your new compound bow up and out to show Aralond, who's waiting in the growing light of day beside the cave. His face has gone ashy gray, and he looks scared. He points at the contraption with a shaking hand and says, What the hell is that thing? It's a bow. It's a compound bow. It's amazing, and it will help us, I promise. It's A it's bow. You can bow. shoot yes. things with it? Okay. Yes. I can show you if you'd like. A yeah, sample, can I, an example. Can I see it? Yeah, here. And you hand it over to him? Yeah. Okay. He takes it carefully, gingerly, and starts peering at it and holding it and seeing, like... Okay, this is the drawstring, and I, I see how this works. Um, and while he's doing that, um, a little beep pops up behind you in the ship, and the dashboard is flashing a gentle blue again. And it says, update available, new global scan available. Okay, I better um, check that. You have your arrows for it. He has no ammunition, and he doesn't seem like he's going to like start hitting things with it. Yeah. <laughs> What do you want to do? Do you want to keep an eye on him? Do you want to go check your notifications? No, he can check it out. You know, I've got the arrows, so okay. He doesn't. He doesn't need me. Okay. Right now, so I'll go tend to the update. Okay. Um, the screen, um, which is we've said is just like a bigger, more expanded version of home base that you have in your head all the time. Um, there are two notifications for you. One of them says a local GPS updated, and it's asking you to put your quote unquote thumb drive back in to update your internal map. Okay. So I stick my thumb, my actual thumb <laughs> into the drive. <laughs> okay. And your internal map um, takes a few seconds, but then you get um, a very detailed map of the area where you have been the local area around alden's farm is like you've zoomed in on google maps to the point where you can see like the houses okay uh, should there be any out here the second notification says new global scan available um, and that one doesn't require anything so you pull your thumb back out of the drive and you click open the global scan and you get an overview that's just like scrolled all the way out mm -hmm. on the maps and you've got the earth here um, and this scan is specifically looking for the radiation signal that pax has detected the baron thor one signal so this scan is looking at like the chemical level of this planet chemical signatures and yeah. that sort of thing nothing jumps out nothing that would indicate if I knew Star Trek better, I could classify the types of planet. Like, this this planet has a civilization, but they haven't started, like, broadcasting radio waves that can be detected or anything. Mm -hmm. um, what is here are several signatures of this Barenthor radiation in pockets 
in all over this continent where you have landed. There is a fairly large pocket that correlates with a large population from your conversations with Kara, Araland, and people in the fair. You've gathered that this would be Lake Point, the nearest city. You landed on the extreme edges of what would be like the settled area around that city, mm-hmm. specifically because that's where the radiation signal is. You also notice on this scan that there is not such a large signal. There's a very small pinprick of radiation extremely close to the ship's location that oh. was not here when you landed. Oh, okay. Is it coming from outside the cave? It's not quite that accurate. It's definitely around this area, but it like mm-hmm. it's not pinpointing it that well. This is a global scan, so right. just kind of in my general area. Yeah. Okay. So I'm looking for this signal, this pinprick of a signal. Yeah, there's a pinprick of a signal that is. Wasn't there something the girls, the the people in the cave, were doing? They were in the cave and skedaddled before you found out why. Yeah, but I thought I investigated what they were, the area yeah, they Yeah, there were was in. A, a pool of slick and gross Stuff. smelling substance uh-huh. all over the back of the cave. Yeah. Uh, and you slipped and fell in it. Okay. Which was funny. <laughs> um, okay, so, but that's not the source of the signal then, whatever they were doing. It's not... It didn't set off anything for you in particular. Okay. Yeah, because I'm kind of honed into that signature, so it would have pinged some alert or something, I Mm -hmm. bet. Okay. Um, Well, I think maybe it's time to set my ship back to cloak and um, gather Aralond and get out of the cave. Okay. Or cavern or whatever. All right. Um, You checked in on your little spacecraft systems, and there's... Um, enough power in the power banks to be in like rest and sleep mode for up to a year. And there's fuel enough to get back to Earth, or at least far enough back to Earth that Pax can come and meet you. Oh, good. Okay. Um, as you shut your ship down and turn back around to Aralond, the fear that was in his expression has melted away into just puzzled interest. He is pulling the string back and forth, and it locks into place. And he's playing with, like, clicking that back and forth. Mm-hmm. Nothing has been damaged on it, but it, like, he, he's been messing with it for a couple minutes here. Okay. Okay. But I should protect my ship a little bit, I think, by, okay. I know it's cloaked really well, but maybe, maybe I should block up the opening. It's not a terrible idea. How do you want to do that? Well, maybe I'll use one of my explodey arrows. <laughs> okay. And um, that way, um, Aralon can see the combo in action all right the two of you exit the cave once your ship is cloaked and back to looking like a boulder what what do you do to well what do you say to him i said i would like to close up this opening and i imagine he's like oh god i don't have any shovels you know (laughs) or like how do we okay how do we do that so i was like i'll use the bow and i'll show you how it works okay so when you say that he you want to block up the entrance he initially looks like 
an audio medium is very difficult to show and not tell. (laughs) But for your purposes, he looks annoyed and then like he's thinking about it for a second. And then when you say that you want to show him how your compound bow works and your fancy arrows, he's like, okay, (laughs) what do I need to do? Back up. (laughs) And he backs up down the pathway a bit. Yeah. Okay. And I'm going to back up some too. Um, and then I'm going to ready one of the explosive um, arrows Okay. in my bow. Uh, make a shot. Uh, make an attack roll with dexterity. 11 plus 2, 13. 13. And then um, add your proficiency. I'm going to give you proficiency with the bow because um, it has that lock into place thing. Okay. And your proficiency should be two, so that should be a 15. Okay. Oh, yeah, two. Okay, 15 hits. You're not exactly trying to hit a small target here. You're trying to hit the broad side of a barn. Mm-hmm. Um, roll for damage and see how much... We'll use that to figure out how much of the wall comes down. Okay. Um. So I need my D12. Uh-huh. Yay. Okay, and I have plus two on that. One D twelve. Oh, here you figure out what I need to add to, because <laughs> there's different ones for the different bows. Explosive. So if I rolled a ten. Ten, uh, yeah, that's enough to break the rock really well, and then, um. You're going to need more dice. Sorry. (laughs) 3d6, which I happen to have right there for you. 3d6, and that will tell us how much of the wall actually crumbles. Okay. So, yes, you broke it. Do I add them up? Yep. Yes, I what? Yes, you broke the wall. How much comes tumbling down? 10. Okay. With a 10, um... The wall in the front of the cave crushes down. Um, from the amount of rubble that comes down, you, you're pretty sure that nothing damaged your ship. <laughs> um, but the cave wall is completely covered over. There's no getting back in there without digging. Okay. Cool. You turn around, uh, smiling brightly at Aralond. Uh, and he is... Beaming at you, <laughs> clapping, cheering. Woo, that was awesome. <laughs> then, not so far away, nearby, you hear, Aralond! <laughs> that was very loud, and we're going to have to turn that down. Yeah, you're going to have And he goes, It wasn't oh. me. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> and she goes, It's not. Get up here. <laughs> We better go up there and explain what we and did. And he starts sheepishly going up. How fast would you like to go up? Not too fast. Not terribly fast. Okay. I'm also aware of Kara's wrath. All right. You start heading back up the path. And as you are heading up, you hear more than just Kara's voice at the top of the hill. She is arguing with someone. And... I think that spooks Erlond a bit, and he picks up his pace. 
and he comes out of this little entrance from behind the pair of boulders from which you had descended previously, just a little bit ahead of you. And both of you come up to the top of the hill just in time to see those three women standing across the hilltop from Kara where she's standing next to the cart. The one in the lead still has her hood up and mm-hmm. is holding that gigantic sword. And the two women behind her are the ones who are arguing with Kara. And as you guys come up between the boulders, you see Kara raise her hand and the sword goes flying out of the lead person's hand. And I'd like you to roll a d4. Four. Okay. It lands in number four over there that I've marked out on the grid. Mm-hmm. And, and they're I, over here? Yep, they're over here. It flies out of her hand, over arcs over the cart, and lands f- fairly close to the cliff edge. Um, we can, if you'd like to put like a little cross mark somewhere here. in there. Wherever okay. you'd like. You can erase the four. Hey, and should we mention that we've got this cool mat out this time? Yes. <laughs> For those listening at home. For those in the audio dimension, I have laid out the hilltop on a Dungeons & Dragons battle map, which is essentially, it's, um, you can, there are many different ways you can play D&D. You can do it purely by speaking in description, or you can build elaborate maps that cost thousands of dollars. <laughs> uh <laughs> because you love your local game stores and want to buy things from them. When I started getting into D&D, Mom got me these awesome little scenery grids for my birthday. And I have yet to actually put them to good, good use, so I thought this was a great time to break them out. Um, And all they are is just, like, some terrain scenery. Like, this one is mostly grass and... um, off on the other end of the map it like turns into like a beach scene and I'm we're just theater of the mind quote unquote um, calling that the cliff edge mm-hmm. so we have our little mini figs Aralon keeps falling down we have mini figs for your teammates Sid is in color because she's the protagonist Yay. and then I didn't have any little pieces of candy to use for the bad guys um, <laughs> but I understand that is traditional so. Oh, I didn't know that. I wouldn't have eaten all my peanut M&Ms if I knew you needed them. <laughs> I should have, there I, again, there I was at the store, didn't buy anything, <laughs> didn't buy anything I needed. <laughs> um, so we'll just have to go with dry erase marker because these maps are handy. Mm-hmm. Yay. I don't have they're a, finally getting used. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a brand or anything for them, so I can't, like, Promote ask them, them for uh, ad money. But they're very cool. Probably got them from Amazon. Yeah. I can find the link and post it in the um, post for this episode. But no, they're very handy. (laughs) So. So they're arguing, but we don't know what they're arguing about. Don't know what they're arguing about. But Kara has just flung her sword out of the way. So obviously it's a heated argument. Yeah. And... When the sword lands on the opposite side of the field from where the trio of ladies are standing. And the one in the lead pulls her hood down dramatically and says, How dare you? That sword 
is mine. And as she pulls her hood down, she looks like like movie Buffy. Mm-hmm. Like a perky little blonde cheerleader. She is young. Like if she, if she is 20, I'm a monkey. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. But she is extremely angry and she raises her hand back and I would like you to roll initiative twice while I also roll initiative twice. You have my sheet. And I'm taking the better number. Um, you are taking the higher number. 18. Okay. And what was the lower number? 10. Then I got 12 and 8. So it is going to go Sid, Lead Baddie, Carolond, and then the Hench Baddies is our battle order. Okay. Me first. You first. So let me give you a quick little objective because it this isn't like a a battle to the death or anything like that. N- no. Well, uh, she has said, "How dare you? That sword is mine." Kara says, "We made it. It's not yours, bitch." And she looks over to you guys, uh, having come up out of the boulders, and says, "Get that sword." Okay. And you're up first. Okay. Well, I'm going to head for the sword. Okay. So each of these squares is five feet. You can move up to 30 feet in a round. Okay. So you have your movement and then an action. Okay. I can't see the squares in the green area, but 20, 25, 30. Okay. So you're running along the cliffside. Yeah. Immediately you dart off 30 feet towards the sword. Which kind of puts you level with the cart. Mm-hmm. What would you like to do for your action? Um, well, okay, so I'm going to look to see if they're also running for the sword. Um, and maybe yell at Aralon to block them somehow. Um, okay. I don't want to throw any weaponry yet because I don't know what's happening. Right. <laughs> Obviously, Kara seems to know these women. They're women, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought. And um, this could just be a... I don't want to kill anybody if I don't have to. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm just going to yell for Aralon to, to, to block them if they're running. If they're not running, then I'm, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to keep... I'm going to run for mine. Okay. Can it run so, again or do I have to wait? This isn't... A, I'm going to go with no. Okay. That's fine. Um, just because this isn't a chase mechanic. Right. So you're going to hold off on an action and just Yeah, keep going. because I, um, I have, yell, have to assess. Yell for Aralond to hold them off. Okay, next up is the leader of the pack. And she... This is the one in the hood. Yeah. So, yeah, she has just put her hood down and she's... That sword is mine. Yeah. That sword, sword is, is mine. mine. She gestures at her hench people to run and go after the sword as well. 
Um, so that is what they are going to do on their turn. The leading lady gestures to her backup to run after you. And as she points at you, she yells just incomprehensibly and casts erupting earth on a spot there. Okay. A fountain of earth and stone erupts in a 20-foot cube centered on that point. So, like, this big pillar comes up out of the mm-hmm. ground? Like, it just, like, goes... Up 20 feet? Or it's 20 feet wide? In a 20-foot cube. So, oh. centered on this point, it would go out 5, 10 feet. So, you would just be on the edge of it. Okay. Does not hit the sword. Okay. Um, but you will need to make a dexterity saving throw. That's a d20. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I rolled a 20. You rolled a 20? I did. Okay. You were running along the cliff edge and watching your footing uh, to make sure that you didn't accidentally take a wrong step, roll an ankle, and fall off and die. Um, and you see the beginning of the rumblings of the of the cube beginning to emerge from below the earth. And you fling yourself this way um fling yourself to the right 10 feet that gets you out of range there and away from the cliff edge oh i'm very sorry about this (laughs) i rolled a 20 you did roll a 20 it's just that uh, I'm going to quarter it instead of have it. I don't know what that means, but okay. So the way that erupting earth works is that you make a dexterity saving throw and a creature within the range of it takes 3d12 bludgeoning damage on a failed save. You did not fail it. Um, or half as much damage on a successful one. You got a successful save. But you also rolled a nat 20. So instead of having it, I'm going to quarter it. Oh, okay. Now I have to do math because I hate my life. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, my dice was good to me. My so, die. Yeah, if you had failed that save, that's, that, that straight up would have killed you. <laughs> well, thank you for listening to season one of Dungeons and Daughters. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that would have... Uh, Yeah, that was 32 damage. (laughs) That straight up would have killed you. Uh, So we're going to call that seven. Okay. (laughs) So I took seven? Seven bludgeoning damage. So yeah, like if that that had actually hit you, you probably would have gone down the side of the cliff. And splat. (laughs) And splat. Instead, I'm seven damage. Okay, I can handle that. For the moment. (laughs) For the moment. On their turn, Aralond. Aralond and Kara, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, on Kara and Aralond's turn, Aralond is going to run 30 feet towards these guys. So that's 25, 30. He's probably going to catch these guys as they are headed off this way and actually entangle with them. Kara is looking at the leading lady 
and she's going to take the action. He's going to take the movement. She's going to take the action. Um, and I'm very sorry if this is boring for you. No, I'm just thinking about what I'm going to do. Okay. Lower my microphone for one. She swings her hand back from the sword back to the leading lady. And a beam of crackling blue energy lances out of her hand towards the leading lady. Ranged spell attack. Um, and it hits her right in the chest. Oof. Which bolt is vicious. <laughs> okay, successful hit. Um, and it knocks her in the chest. And she screams. Next up, it, her hench people entangle with Aralond and they're busy doing their own thing. And we are back to you. Okay. Well, this time I think I should probably keep running. Alright, so I'll move my 30 feet. Okay. Can you give me light again? Okay. So you make your way around the, the... Uh, pillar of erupting earth. Mm -hmm. um, and you are now behind the area where the cart is. You are definitely the closest person to the sword. Right. Alright. While you are running past, you see out of the corner of your eye a small figure sit up out of the back of the cart. And sleepily mumble, what's going on? So she's but in the car. You, yeah, she's in the car and you barrel on past. Okay. But she is awake now. Okay, so uh, while well, I'm going to yell, Tiffany, get down. Hoping that from our last encounter when I needed her to, you know, to mm -hmm. run away or whatever, that she'll listen to me again. So I'll say, I'll just yell, Tiffany, get down. And then I stop an action, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to, well, I think I might be too far away for my dagger. So maybe it's time to use my bow. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to whip out my compound bow. All right. You snap that out with an awesome sounding. And um, use a regular arrow. This time I'm not going to use anything fancy. Okay. Um, and I, I'm going to turn around and notch it really quick. Use the sight and aim it for the lead. Okay. Check. I'm kind of picturing this as like you're like still like mid-step and kind of running backwards while yep. you're standing. Yep. While you're while you're aiming. Oh, boing, boing, boing. Let it go. Okay. Ranged attack. Ranged attack. Okay. Uh, who are you aiming at? The lead. The lead person. Okay. I don't need the light anymore. Okay. Oh, I rolled a five. You rolled a five. You get. To add your dexterity and your proficiency. Uh, so that would be nine. Okay. We've established that you were mid-stride and running, hitting backwards. And it, you, it's an impressive shot. It almost would have hit if she weren't, like, jerking around from having been hit with lightning. Mm -hmm. And she just, like, spasms at just the last moment and your arrow whizzes past her. Okay. Does it maybe hit a henchman? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Um, it hits uh, the one that Aralund is currently grappling with here. 
Um, and she makes it, it like hits her with like this dull thud sound and she screams and the other one over here yells, Tanya. Oh, I don't feel that bad. <laughs> okay. okay. So, so that's me. Done. All right. You Turn made your move. On. You made your shot. Didn't throw it. Well, you, you didn't throw it away. Just didn't land where you. I threw it to the left. <laughs> to the left, to the left. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, so next up is the lead person's. And she uh, doesn't seem to know. She does not realize how close she came to getting hit with an arrow as well. She's still shaking off having been hit with lightning. Mm-hmm. And this, understandably, uh, this this is not going well for her. She takes off running after you. We're going to move her to here. Kara is going to come and meet her. And they are now engaged. The lead person's going to have to succeed on a grapple check in order to continue following you. Uh, and that's mostly for my knowledge. Okay. Carolon's turn now. Yeah. Um, she used the movement to come and engage uh, the lead person. Who is no longer here. And Aralond is engaged with the two backup people. One of whom uh, has an arrow sticking out of her shoulder. Mm -hmm. The one who does not have an arrow sticking out of her shoulder. Reaches down to her pocket and flings her hand out at Aralond. And casts Ice Knife. And does eight points of damage. A small blade of glass-like ice whizzes out from her hand and slices Aralond straight up the arm. Oof. Ouchie. He's just, you know, a little bloody now. It's mm. fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. Okay. Their turn? Let's see. Is They're that... engaged. We are back to you, back my friend. To me. Okay. Oh, I am... Getting that sword. Okay. Get it. Get it. Get it. Get it. Get it. Ow. 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 Got it. Ow. Get that sword. Yeah. All right. I'm on it. All right. You put your hand on the sword. And this is a banging sword. Uh It is huge. It is like as tall as you are. What the heck's that little girl doing with this huge ass sword? And it has an ornate-ish guard hand guard mm-hmm. on it and then at the pommel at the end of it is a huge multifaceted green jewel mm. and when you put your hand on the hilt that's the right word yeah on the hilt <laughs> uh a sensor flicks off in your head it says ah baron thor detected oh my sword now <laughs> you raise the sword high and it almost looks in the early morning light like the jewel begins to glow. Oh. You hear the leading lady here shriek, That's mine! And she flings herself out of Kara's hold and starts running after you again. Okay. Bring it. <laughs> I got a sword now. <laughs> With a, quite a reach. <laughs> mm-hmm. I haven't done my action, have I? Or is that picking up the sword? I would say, like, picking up the sword and, like, 
Baranthor detected. Baranthor detected. Okay. There-ish. Aralond is like in hand-to-hand combat with uh, one the person who doesn't have an arrow sticking out of them. Um, and you see a flash of light between them and both of them go flying backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes off this way. He goes off this way, leaving poor Tanya here uh, all by herself. And she starts running after the leader as well. Okay. So everyone's a coming at ya. Except these two. These mm-hmm. two are kind of dopey. Aralond and one of the hench people are out of it for the moment. Um, the one with the arrow sticking out of her shoulder is last in the race to get to you. Second place is Kara. First place is the uh, bubblegum bitch. Bubblegum bitch. Okay. I think it might be time for the laser gun. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to pull that out of my boot mm-hmm. and shoot. Because she seems to be close enough okay. to take a... All right, go for it. Roll right. for an attack. Come on, heavy metal die. Come on. <laughs> I hate you. I hate it. I rolled a three. <laughs> I was going to say, at least you didn't roll a fuck. <laughs> I am holding a giant ass sword. <laughs> I'll have you know. That's true. At the same time as trying to shoot this thing. So three plus... You got a lot going on. Uh, dexterity? W- Hey, here's a good question. You had your bow in one hand oh. and the sword in the other hand. Uh-huh. Well, I would have dropped the bow. Okay, bow's to, on the ground then. Bow's okay. on the ground. Bow's on the ground. Gun came out. Pew! Yeah. Because I can't. I need two hands with the bow. I don't want to drop the sword. My laser gun I can use one hand with. So I would have dropped the bow, grabbed it. Okay. Um, pew, pew. But that means my aim wasn't probably very good. That's cool. That's fine. Yeah, um, your aim is actually, it's decent. Um, you raise your laser gun. Uh, you have your sword in the other hand. The Well, I'm already saying your sword. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the other hand. And raise the gun. And as you shoot, usually a burst of light emanates from the end of the gun. And it, it does... But it seems like it doesn't move as fast as it usually does. And about six feet away from you, it fizzles out. Oh. Well, that was pointless. <laughs> it, weird stuff, man. Yeah. It needs charging, I bet. There I was not my ship. <laughs> Lead lady's turn, isn't it? Doesn't it go me, her, then Caroline, then the henchman? Yes. Okay. Um, Yeah, it's her turn, and all she's going to do is keep barreling at you. Okay. Uh, She just is running at you, screaming, and she's going to cast. She's running at you, screaming with her arms outstretched, and just intensity in her eyes. And suddenly, you got the sword in your right hand? Left hand? Right. Whichever whichever hand. In your right hand. it starts to burn. Oh, gee. Do, do, do. The sword burns my hand. Or it's starting to get hot. It's starting to get hot. Glow starts to glow. Begins to glow red hot. Any creature in physical contact with the object takes 2d8 fire damage. I don't have any d8s out. 
five, seven. Okay, you take seven fire damage, and then I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Ten. Ten. Okay. The sword burns red hot in your hand, and you instinctually let go of it, and it falls to the ground. Your hand is sizzled. Uh, you, you remember that one time I burned my hand on the cup and had blisters mm-hmm. in a straight line? That's what your palm looks like now. No. No. Very sizzle ouch. <laughs> um, the look on the person, on the girl heading for you, the look on her face melts into glee and she continues diving for you and the sword that is now mm-hmm. on the ground. Um, Kara and Aralond. Aralond picks himself up off the ground and starts heading this way where his sister is, who is also heading for you. Off this way. Tiffany, dear little Tiffany, is peering up out of the corner of the cart, um, but has mostly taken your advice and has like plaster herself down but she's peeking up you can see the top of her head and her eyes uh-huh. these two little hench people back here um are also headed this way but they're kind of veering off towards the path as well so they're kind of not headed directly for you they're headed off this way okay even the one that was out she Picked herself yeah, up. Picked herself up, and that's where the both of them are headed. Are they running away? <laughs> like like brave Sir Robin? <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Hmm. Back to me now? Back to you now. All right. Well, okay, the sword burned my hand. My hand hurts. My right hand, which I am right-handed. I still have my laser gun in my hand. laser gun in your hand and she's pretty close mm-hmm. i'm gonna shoot again right okay. at her shoot at her again make an attack roll do it with advantage because she is right there do it with a different die all right 13 plus dexterity is it mm-hmm. 15 Okay, that is going to hit. What does it look like when a laser shot hits someone? Ah, it's just like a burn, you know? I mean, it hits them. It doesn't bounce off or anything. It's just, it's just like concentrated. It like sinks in? Yeah, like that and causes a massive burn and... Mm -hmm. Probably, you know, like a, like, like yeah, like, you know how, like, a lightsaber would pretty much melt right through you? Mm -hmm. That's kind of what a laser, I think, Um, would do. Doesn't bleed, though. It's just... No, it's instant cauterization. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The woman shrieks, uh, bloody murder, uh, despite not actually bleeding, Mm -hmm. and is just utterly horrifying. But she is still reaching and grasping for the sword. Mm Mm-hmm. And wraps her hand around it. Stick my foot on it and hold it (laughs) down. (laughs) As you do so, a wall of stone erupts right in front of you. Just a solid 
like three inches thick, ten feet tall, wall of stone between you and the woman. And the sword? And the sword. She's got it. She's got it in her hand. And all you hear is laughter. It's bl- the wall of stone is blocking your view of Kara and Aralond. You hear her laughing, and the sound is retreating as she dashes away with the sword. Mm-hmm. Can't see what Kara and Aralond are up to. Tiffany has poked her head up a little higher and yells, Sid, she's getting away! Okay. Your turn. It's my turn? Yeah. Again? Yeah. Go How wide it. is the wall? The wall is... I mean, like, can I run around it? Yeah, it's 10 feet wide. Okay, so, wow. Well, gonna... No, wait, sorry, 20 feet wide. 20 feet wide. Damn. <laughs> Basically, where I drew it is where it is. All right. So, I'm going to have to run around it. Where is she? She's... Can't see her at the moment. She is getting away from you okay so well i'm gonna have to run until i can see her okay as you come around the corner of the wall you see her in the middle of this section of earth that she had erupted on the cliff edge and she jumps onto the top of it and it support like though you know those pillars of sand in the mario odyssey yeah 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 it supports her weight like that does and she raises the sword at you, says, I told you it was mine. This sword belongs to Dias Mary. Tell everyone. And she slides down on a cascade of soil off the cliff like it's a snowboarding game. The two women over here have disappeared down the path. So they basically fucked off with the sword <laughs> basically Kara and Aralond uh, run up to you as you come around the corner and Aralond uh-huh. yells are you okay Sid are you hurt and he's l- a little worse for where there's blood running down his arm mm-hmm. Kara is facing out towards where the woman had gone and cursing loudly mm-hmm. unabashedly mm-hmm. Okay. tiffany pokes her head up over uh and has crawled from the be- from the front of the cart onto annabelle's back and she looks over at you Sid, and says what just happened yeah the last time she was awake she was back on the farm wasn't she oh the poor girl <laughs> poor wee lass this episode of d and daughters is brought to you by funky thrift store knickknacks who needs salt shakers shaped like tiny anchors i do welcome to the safe point this episode is also brought to you by our creative patrons aussie and kit aussie is a visual artist and kit is a linguistic one and both have been our friends for years like every good creative project we rely on our friends for brainstorming critiques and support and we wouldn't be anywhere without you thanks sparkle heart emoji hey you there listening to our podcast take a minute out of your podcast time to leave us a review on itunes apple won't release our listener stats to us until we meet their minimum requirements and we really want to see our stats we want to know if you're out there so let us know by going to apple podcasts and leaving us stars and reviews even if you have to use a burner email 
the scene on the hilltop after this strange, fast little fight is quiet. Kara is standing at the edge of the cliff where uh, Dios Mary had disappeared. Uh, the wind is whipping her hair dramatically. Aralond is at your side. Um, he's picked your bow up and hands it to you. And Tiffany is on Annabelle's back looking at all three of you and looking at the wall of stone that is still standing. That blocked me yeah. earlier. It's now just like a weird little monolith on this hilltop. <laughs> uh, bewildered. What is going on? <laughs> well... You are burned. Okay, so I'm in some pain. My pain sensors are mm -hmm. um, a clanging. So I look towards Erlon, who I know is also injured, and said we should regroup and tend to our wounds Deal with before we do anything. <laughs> he nods and looks over at Kara and says, Hey! Hey! And she shakes herself out of some kind of reverie. And looks over at you two. And he just holds up his bloody arm. <laughs> and she goes, right. And she comes back over to the cart. And Tiffany immediately swamps her. Uh, What's going on, Aunt Kara? What is happening? Where are we? What's going on? And she doesn't answer. <laughs> um, she dives into the back of the cart and comes out with her pack, which has a few little medical supplies in it. Um, she takes a moment, bandages up Aralon's arm, and looks at your hand, which has already begun to blister up. And she says, uh, there's not a whole lot I can do for this right this minute and right here. We can at least cover it. I can take care of this tonight. And she wraps your hand up for you. Thank you. Aralond uh, shifts his bandage around until it's comfortable for him. And then he pulls his flask out and takes a shot of Starlight, <laughs> uh, burping out a cloud of vape smoke, uh, which Kara gives him side eye for, but doesn't say anything. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I would take some too, but I feel like I need to be alert right now. <laughs> That's probably uh, wise. So I'll just deal with my hand until okay. the evening. What time of day is it right now? It's very early morning. Very early morning. Okay. The sun is just rising, you know, face the mm -hmm. wrong direction and it will blind you. Okay. Well, I'm going to look at them and say, I think it's time I had some answers now. Kara and Aralond glance at each other and quickly look away. Aralond smiles and says what do you want to know and Kara busies herself in the back of the cart again I'd like to know about that sword what was so important about it why did it burn my hand why did we fight so hard to keep it Aralond says that was a lot of questions <laughs> I have a lot of them <laughs> yeah, they're all valid I'd I'd think it was pretty weird, too. 
you're pretty weird, but. Thank you. (laughs) Erlon takes a second and thinks about the questions that you asked and said, that is the sword. King Baranthor of Sidelefest killed Tyrion with. Ah. We uh, we made it. it made any glances at Kara, uh, who huffs. Made is a strong term. We put it together. It's a long, a very, very long story. And Kara huffs again. A few months ago, the sword was stolen from the Citadel in Citadelfest. Don't know how it happened. It was there one night, gone the next. Well, apparently this Dios Mary took it. <laughs> yeah, I got some questions for her. I got some real good questions for Who her. Who is she? Do you Never know? seen her before in my life. And he looks at Kara, shakes her head. Well, okay. Explain to me how the two of you seem to have magic. I thought it was not a good thing to have around here. It depends on who you ask, Aralon says. Bless you. Kara moves around the other side of the cart so you can't. She's actually out of the line of sight. And Aralon continues. That one's easy. We were Tyrion's eldest disciples, his first students. And he granted you magic. It's pretty sick. (laughs) Okay. I do not have a problem with it. I just wondered, you know, if it's something that I should protect the secret of, or if it's something that is known around here or in the future. If it's a secret, I can help keep the secret. It's probably best if people don't know who we are. He glances over at Kara again, despite the fact that she is actively hiding now. (laughs) He glances in her direction, and um, Aralon says, It's probably best if people don't know who we are. And from the other side of the cart... Kara pipes up. It's probably best if people don't know we can do magic at all. Okay, noted. I will keep that your secret. Aralon lowers his voice and says, It's really not that big a deal. So that Kara can't hear him. Mm. What else you got? I will follow your lead on this matter then. I believe that is the wisest course of action for me. I feel like that sword is important. It gave off the signature I've been following, and I hated to let it go. I feel it needs further uh, scrutiny. Is there any way we can figure out how or where those women went? I mean, we can try and track them. They probably left footprints. I feel like I need that sword. Yeah, I feel like that too. (laughs) 
I feel like we're long past who should have the sword. But it shouldn't be that girl. What was a little girl like that even doing with a sword? I don't know. I thought the entire... <laughs> entire... Fight we had there was odd. <laughs> yeah, tell and me her, about her it. magic seemed to be quite strong it's, itself, you know. So I am unsure um, of our next move. Kara says they weren't disciples. I don't know how they got magic. And Aralond laughs like a big belly laugh at his sister and says, if you had pulled your head out of the sand at any point in the last 20 years, you would know that Tyran's death unleashed a lot of weird stuff on the world. Sid's not the only weird thing around. And he looks at her smugly, and she's just dumbfounded. Thanks for listening to Dungeons and Daughters. Our world is created and brought to life by Shannon Romanski, and the show is edited and produced by Stephanie Romanski. If you're enjoying our story, please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps charge the black magic that runs Apple Podcast Charts and helps get new people to check us out. We'd love it if you dropped us a five-star rating and a few words telling us what you liked about the show. It's a quick and easy way to give us a little boost off the ground, and we will 100% read them over and over and love them. You can also join our community on Facebook or Twitter at dndaughterspod, that's D-N as in Narnia, Daughters Pod, for a heads up about new episodes, memes, behind-the-scenes photos, and more. <laughs>